Truth News Network. Masks haven't worked. Lockdowns haven't worked. Injections haven't worked. So what's the solution? Calling for more masks, more lockdowns, more injections? It's time to stop the insanity. It's time to see the truth for what it is. And that's what we do at TNN, the Truth News Network, with your guide through the maze, Dan Newman. I tell you what, Pete Moss, he's dead wrong in what he said there in the intro. I guess he got to be. He didn't listen to the president yesterday. Pete said, masks don't work. He said vaccines don't work. He said lockdowns don't work. So we got to fix it. If he listened to President Biden's press conference yesterday, he's dead wrong or he's lying to us, folks. Everything's okay. Everything is okay. Let me tell you what. I guess in a manner, that's exactly the truth. We're going to be fine. God's got this. Everything in our nation, every issue, every problem, It's going to work out. Maybe we won't like some of the results, but I promise you on the most part, we're going to be okay. Good morning to you. Yeah, we're on the downside of the week, headed toward the weekend. Got the NFL playoff football games this week, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, then the next week will be the AFC and the NFC Championship. And two weeks later, the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. Boy, has this year, this fall, this football season, has it just zoomed by us? Maybe it's I'm getting old, 68. Maybe things just fly a little quicker than I think they used to fly. I don't know. But let me tell you what we're going to do today. We're going to unpack a lot of things. We've got a lot of things to talk about. It's not going to be all about Joe Biden. I promise you. I promise you. And we really don't need to get into a lot about Joe Biden, do we? Because... He's doing a really good job, isn't he? Switch. What, what specific action has the Biden administration and Democrats taken over the past year um, that do you think are the most meaningful to American lives? Well, President, President Biden um, has had a very good year under incredibly difficult circumstances. million good-paying jobs have been created during Joe Biden's first year. That's a presidential record. The American Rescue Plan was passed. Let's put some respect on Joe Biden's name. President Biden has had a very good first year. He has, folks, according to Hakeem Jeffries there, probably the most liberal the most far-out member of the U.S. House of Representatives, and many people think he could be the next Speaker of the House. The biggest lie in everything he just said was this. This president created 6.4 million new jobs in his first year. That's a presidential record. Pregnant pause there. You heard Representative Jeffries do the same thing. That's a lie. Folks, he didn't create a single job. In fact, he lost jobs, some of the ones that were already here when he took office. He's lost a bunch of them. Yeah, there were 6.4 million people that went to work, but it was just the folks that got laid off during the pandemic. 
But yet that's not a good talking point. And there are millions of Americans that hear that and they say, well, it's a fact. We've heard it now for, I guess, eight or nine months. More jobs, more jobs, created more jobs. It's not true. Hakeem Jeffries is not the only person who thinks Joe Biden did a really good job yesterday and is doing a good job. You remember the name James Carville. Serpent Head. His own wife calls him. Marion, Marilee, Marilee, I think it's Marilee Madden. Married James Carville. She's a conservative, by the way, and he is anything but. Carville said, I thought today was a very good day for President Biden. The best time to plant an oak tree was 25 years ago. The second best time is right now. I think President Biden planted an oak tree. He decided that, hey, look, our political situation has deteriorated here. I'm going to personally take charge of it. It's not a minor feat to stand there for an hour and 50 minutes on your feet answering every kind of question that comes your way on every kind of different policy. So my hat is off to the president. It really is. He's taken matters into his own hands. You can't avoid landmines, Carville said. No president can avoid landmines. You could try to figure out where they are and get around some of them, but they're going to blow up on you. I think he realized that. He showed an element of toughness that was encouraging if you're a Democrat. That's the key, huh? He added, I'm 77. I couldn't do an hour and 50-minute interview with you, all right? I wouldn't have the stamina. He didn't say anything about what the president said was good. Here's a 77-year-old looking at a 79, 80 years, I don't, I don't even remember how old President Biden is. But basically, Carville can relate to that because he's doing good to stand up for an hour and 50 minutes, yet alone stand up there and take questions like the president did. But what about on the other side of the aisle? Well, Hakeem Jeffries is over there, but so is Van Jones. Van Jones, you know who he is. He's a really good-looking African-American man, young guy, and he's on the edge. He is not a conservative. He's a Democrat, and he's been far left, but recently he's come a little to the center. Here's what he said. President Biden was foggy and meandering during his first solo news conference of this year. When he was asked about Biden confirming Vice President Harris will be the 2024 running mate for Joe, Jones said, I think a lot of Democrat voters appreciate that. That's the one time that you don't want to give any fuzzy, foggy, let me tell you a long story answer. Clear and direct, they are a team. He's staying together. They are going to fight it forward. And then he continued, look, I think that part of the reason that answer stood out so much is because some of the other answers were kind of foggy and meandering. I think you have to be honest that you can be a foggy, meandering president, say like Reagan near the end of it, you're winning. But if you're a foggy and meandering on key questions and you're also not winning, then you got a real problem. And so I think the real challenge that you have is the numbers are out there that are bad. But this party has got to come together and start putting some wins on the board for this president. They're going to either hang together or they're going to hang separately in the fall. I disagree with Van on that one thing. 
start putting some wins on the board for this president. I think it would be wonderful if everybody looked at Joe Biden as the president of the United States and said, Mr. President, it's time for you to put some wins on the board for we the people. That ain't happened yet. And I got to be honest with you, I think it's improbable that it's going to happen at all. We're going to get back to President Biden in his speech yesterday. In fact, let me tell you what we're going to do. We've got pretty much a um, an audio compilation of some of the stuff that came from it we're going to get into. But first, I think we need to think about something important. There's a whole lot more going on than we know is going on. We're experiencing the effects of a lot of things coming out of Washington, D.C. that we don't know anything about the sources or the reasoning. It's just blah. They throw it out every day. Americans are being sold out, folks. Sold out by government insiders. The D.C. Wheeler dealers, and they're not all elected officials. There are a bunch of bureaucrats there and a bunch of people that feed out of the hands of our representative 535 members of Congress. And these Wheeler dealers are making patsies out of the rest of us. Members of Congress get million-dollar-plus expense accounts, lifetime pensions, lavish perks. But for the greedy, that's not enough. They're also racking up big bucks trading stocks in the very same companies that Congress regulates. We've talked about this before. Stock picking by members of Congress should be illegal, period. We should stop the conversation right there. When you go to Congress, you hang it up, period. Why? Because they have an unfair edge over the rest of us. They're privy to the regulatory burdens and the legal changes these companies are likely to face. And top leaders like uh, Nancy Pelosi actually control what's ahead for all these companies. That control is gold. We talked about Paul and Nancy Pelosi and even their son. Venture capitalists, Paul Pelosi, report trading tens of millions of dollars of assets a year, largely in big tech companies. The Nancy Pelosi portfolio tracker, based on these reported trades, estimates the couple is outperforming Wall Street titans like Warren Buffett. Fox Business's Larry Kudlow marveled that the Pelosi's bested the S&P 500 by 15% in 2020. All the while, she's tamping down demands to regulate big tech. Maybe... Maybe, not sure, but maybe a conflict of interest in there. And members of Congress are not the only ones double-dealing. January 14th, Federal Reserve Vice Chair Richard Clarita stepped down. He stepped down following resignations of both the Dallas and the Boston Fed chiefs. Why? They're in trouble for trading stocks and mortgage-backed securities while making Fed policies at the same time that impacted the markets they've been invested in. A Wall Street Journal investigation found some federal judges have also climbed aboard the stock-picking gravy train. 61, 61 federal judges actually traded 
a company stock while the company was a litigant in their courtroom. No conflict there. Congress needs to clean up this spreading corruption starting with its own. But who decides all of these things? Who decides how much members of Congress make on the top of the table? You know, the salary and expense accounts. They do. Senator John Ossoff, Democrat of Georgia, is offering a bill that requires federal lawmakers and their immediate family to put their stocks in a blind trust or a diversified mutual fund. Republican Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri and Ted Cruz of Texas, who are as far to the right as Ossoff is to the left, say they're going to offer similar bills. And guess what? Pelosi has the power to block every one of them. In March of last year, Pelosi kept a bipartisan ban on stock trading from ever getting out of the Rules Committee and then to the House floor for a vote. She can do that. She's Speaker of the House. Looking ahead, if Republicans can get the House in the midterm elections coming up in November, count on the stock trading ban to gain momentum. Encouragingly, Biden administration economic advisor, a guy named Brian Deese, supports a ban to restore faith in our institutions, suggesting the president just might actually sign a piece of legislation to do that. Limiting stock trading will also pave the way for an urgently needed reform of big tech. In October of 2020, on the eve of the Trump-Biden presidential contest, Facebook and Twitter canceled the New York Post's damaging findings that Hunter Biden's laptop implicated his father, who's now president, in clandestine deals with the Chinese. There's no there there. We got all the facts of that, didn't we? Heck no, we didn't get all the facts. And heck yeah, there is a lot there. Big tech literally has the power to tilt an election. How do they do that? Just keep the public from knowing damning information about one candidate. So to prevent that, Senator Bill Haggerty, Republican from Tennessee, has introduced the 21st Century Free Speech Act, which would regulate big tech platforms, treating them like railroads, telephone companies, and other utilities. AT&T can't bar you from using the phone because it dislikes your political speech, but Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and others routinely silence all of us that they dislike, even the President of the United States. Not this one. They like him. Orange man. They hated him. This proposed law, if it goes into effect, We'll put a stop to it and restore free debate. What's standing in the way? Listen, this will probably shock you. Democrats, they are zealous to silent what they're calling now and have been for some time, disinformation. Never mind that one person's disinformation is another person's truth. But the other barrier is Democrats' large stock investments in big tech. Do you think Nancy Pelosi is going to let anything like that come even to be debated, to be considered even before it is brought to the floor of the House of Representatives to be considered? There's no way she will. Nearly half of Democrat lawmakers' stock holdings are in big tech, compared with just 14% of Republicans' holdings. Wonder why that is. Hey, hey, 
what, Speaker Pelosi? I got a little inside information. Here's a way for you to make some big money. You're just going to have to be quiet about it. The Pelosi's themselves, between 5.6 million and 30.4 million. That's the money they made from investing in just five big tech firms, Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft. That's, that's since 2007, 30.4 million. Can you imagine just getting tips inside from people in the company that the stock's out there that you might be able to buy? Well, Nancy, this is Zuck. Here's a little inside information. We're fixing to do this new project. We're going to announce it next week. You might think about calling your broker. No wonder she's slow walking any reforms of big tech. Folks, when they say it's not the money, you can bet it is the money. Congress is cashing in, period. Freedom-loving Americans are getting screwed, period. Enough said. We're out of there. (laughs) I just could not not share this thought with you today. Simply, folks, when the noise is really, really loud in Washington, D.C. and around the nation, most people just obsess about it. Oh, my gosh, can you believe? Look what happened in Afghanistan. Look what went on. Those those brave Americans, they were blown up with a bomb, that bomb that was made by the material, the explosives that President Biden let the Taliban have when he pulled out of Kabul. And that's the truth. That's the kind of stuff we do. We obsess about all of this. You know what that is? When there's a fog of fear and concern that wraps the country, that's an open sign for people who are evil because we're distracted. Don't look at the right hand. Don't look at the right hand. We're watching the left hand over here. Oh, look at all this. What's going on in the right hand? They're finding ways to take advantage of their power. That's this administration. And it doesn't necessarily apply only to Democrats. Some of the wealthiest people in Congress are Republicans that weren't quite that wealthy when they took their seat in the House of the Senate. Corruption has no letter in front of its name, R or D. It's absolute. Just like the truth is absolute, so is corruption. So, do you want to circle back? Yeah, I'm Jen Psaki. You want to circle back and talk about yesterday's speech? Well, before we do that, just thought I'd throw this in. One year anniversary in a new job is usually a cause for celebration. I don't care what job it is, but not for this president. He ends year one in the White House with a clear majority of Americans underwhelmed by his handling of every part of his presidency in the face of an unrelenting pandemic, roaring inflation, a stall legislative agenda, supply chain bottlenecks. Not only are they still with us, folks, they're getting worse every day. Polls from the Associated Press held the grim news of a collapse in public confidence for Biden and his team. More Americans disapprove than approve of how Biden is handling his job, 56% to 43%. As of now, just 28% of Americans say they want him back. They want him to run again in 2024. And that includes less than half of Democrats. 
asked yesterday at a that news conference about his flagging popularity, Biden responded, I don't believe the polls will believe this, Mr. President. Initial filings, unemployment filings, for the week that ended on the 15th, totaled 286,000, up from the previous week's 231,000. Analysts surveyed by Econoday, they claimed those unemployment claims would fall to 200,000. Jobless claims have been on an uneven climb since falling to the lowest level in 50 years in January last year. Continuing claims, which were released with the week's delay, climbed 84,000 to 1.64 million. And folks, we got a bunch of unemployed people out there, but we've got a bunch of jobs that are available. So what's going on? There's no confidence in our government. There's no confidence that the rule of law and the structure of true capitalism is going to be left alone by this president and this administration. And there is rampant fear among Americans that this guy is not as bad as it is, folks. Think about if something happens to Joe Biden and he's forced to step down, something happens to him in office, or he decides to resign. Think about a Kamala Harris president. Think about what that would look like. You think it's bad now? I promise you, it can. And if Joe Biden leaves office anytime in the next months, it will get worse. We're going to take our first break on the other side of this, folks. Don't go anywhere because Tucker Carlson, he's going to give us kind of a synopsis from the news conference, the press conference yesterday with President Biden. You'll hear the president in the middle of it. Oh, my goodness. It's cold in Louisiana. If it's cold where you are and you're not by the fire, take your laptop. Go sit down by the fire and get ready to laugh and cry in the same conversation with Tucker Carlson. Up next. As a retired teacher, I look for ways to save money for the things I love, like traveling the world. Medicare plans change each year. Fortunately, my HealthMart pharmacist helped me understand my insurance, saving me money on prescriptions. And they can help you too. My pharmacist cares about my health and the things I love, whatever that might be. HealthMart, caring for you and about you. Visit HealthMart.com for the locally owned pharmacy near you. Coffee, fuel of the modern economy. The age-old Italian tradition of burning beans and drinking the bitter bean juice. At Burn Bean Coffee, our environment is perfect for all of your work needs. There's no better place to be distracted than the Burn Bean Coffee Shop and Cafe. Our coffee technicians are trained to make a variety of coffees and sugary coffee-themed drinks just as you like it. All while generally making more noise than anyone could reasonably ignore. So drink up and let the productivity flow. Sippy sip, coffee fans. Burn Bean Coffee. Get it while it's hot. Due to recent court actions, we are required to warn against the drinking of hot coffee. 
Hi, Tom Bodette. Of all the things invented in 1962, some have faded away, like cassette tapes, and others are still very much with us, like lava lamps and Motel 6. Yep, Motel 6 is celebrating 50 years of giving travelers a good night's rest and saving you more for what you travel for. But we're just getting started. In fact, the longer you watch us, the better we get. Kind of like a lava lamp. Trippy. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6. 50 years and the light's still on. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of craftsmen. Speaking the truth, the mainstream press will not. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. You know what's intriguing to me? You heard Akeem Jeffries talk about the 6.4 million new jobs created by this administration in their first year, which is a presidential record. Of course, they're, they're in charge, so they're keeping the records. This one, I promise you, at some point, if it ever hits the record books, it's going to have to have an asterisk beside it that says, not new jobs, people going back to work. In the middle of all of that, there are so many people that are really concerned. Here's the thing, folks. It's one thing to awaken and believe things aren't going right under this president or under Donald Trump or under Barack Obama or Bush 43 and back down the line. It's one thing to think that, but then to not be able to get any accurate answers. You know, it doesn't have to be an answer that agrees with your opinion. It can be one that just says, here's the facts and here's the data to back them up. We're not getting any of that from this president. And because of that, we are not getting anything from his lapdogs, the mainstream media that discounts any of the claims that he made yesterday. Well, I, I'm i not a Fox News sycophant. I, I watch Fox News. Um, I flip over and watch CNN, occasionally MSNBC, just to see what's going on there. But I got to tell you, right now, the major networks, Fox News is as close to being accurate in the stuff they report than anybody else. And they give explanations. They're not up there as opinionist like Tucker Carlson... Uh, is is alleged to be at Fox News. The, the left just go crazy about Tucker Carlson, and he needs to be removed. The FCC needs to remove him because of the things that he says. He's a tyrant. Well, they hate him because he gives us facts. I want you to listen to a short analysis Many of you, probably most of us, most Americans didn't during the middle of the day have the option of listening to Joe Biden live. I did, and I had a barf bag beside me, and I used it several times just because of the stuff that he was spewing that upset my stomach. Americans live that every day. And if you watch ABC, CBS, NBC, or CNN, or MSNBC, any of them, 
or if you read the New York Times or the Washington Post, many other of the leftist rags, you're going to have an upset stomach pretty much 24-7 because they're not giving you facts. You know the circumstances in which you and your family are living. They don't. They don't have a clue. Folks, on those networks that I, I just mentioned to you, every anchor on those shows makes seven figures or more. Seven figures is a million dollars, for those of you that didn't realize that. And most of them make eight figures, which is $10 million. Those people can't relate to you and me. There's no way. And so what do they do? Well, the natural thing to do since time began, since there have been people integrating with each other. I'm talking about thousands of years, folks. People create class. I'm good. I make a lot of money. You're bad. You don't make a lot of money. Money is not the standard we need to be using. Truthfulness, reliability, trustworthiness, honesty. Those need to be the things that we not just look for, we demand from those who are put in authority over us. And who puts them in authority over us? We do. We vote them in. And we can vote them out. We'll get back into some more of the specifics of what we see going on right now. But I want you to listen to Tucker Carlson's analyst analysis of Joe Biden's speech. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, Joe Biden shuffled forth from seclusion this afternoon for a rare solo press conference. You may have seen it. It's about as common as Puxatawney Phil emerging. In fact, according to statisticians who keep track of this sort of thing, it was only his second since taking office a full year ago. And by the end, you were wishing that Joe Biden spoke in public less often. The whole thing was awful. It was totally weird and embarrassing, not just to him, but to the country. At one point, Biden treated us to a stream of consciousness thoughts about his son's former employer. That would be a small corrupt nation called Ukraine. Apparently, Ukraine's eastern border with Russia, unlike, say, our southern border with Mexico, is a sacred boundary created by God that must be protected at all costs up to and including American lives. Why is that? Well, Joe Biden didn't say. The whole thing was confusing enough that we're going to spend some time unpacking it at much greater length on tomorrow's show. But in the meantime, here's what you should know. You are currently funding a proxy battle in Ukraine against the nuclear-armed Russian military, and that could very well erupt into a hot war that includes you, the United States. If nothing else, Biden made that very clear, so sleep well tonight. Then Biden bragged about himself, as he tends to do whenever he's awake. Can you think of any other president who's done so much in a year, he asked at one point? How do you respond to a question like that? Biden didn't wait for the answer. Instead, he got mad at a reporter who dared ask him about COVID. Watch. Did you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office? And how do you plan to course correct going forward? Why are you such an optimist? Look, I didn't overpromise. And what I have probably... Uh, outperform what anybody thought would happen. I outperformed. What's well, true, actually. Outperformed, meaning more Americans have died from corona on my watch than under evil anti-science Cheeto man, which isn't easy, you dog-faced pony soldier. Stick that in your hat and smoke it. It got weirder from there. 
Biden talked about his so-called voting rights legislation, which only Nazis oppose. Without that legislation, the next election will almost certainly be fraudulent, rigged, illegitimate, stolen. See how that works? If you complain about an election after the fact, you're an insurrectionist. The Justice Department may indict you for sedition. But if you complain about an election ahead of time, preemptively, then you're a civil rights leader. There's a difference, Mr. Man. Learn it, love it, live it. Biden went on to boast under his steady, wise leadership, peasants in this country have gotten, quote, raises. Now, we didn't mention that inflation has already eaten those raisins in a single bite, and next year's raises, too, though no one in the press corps bothered to ask anyway. Biden did allow that there are some Americans who are, quote, frustrated and fatigued, but that is not his fault. It's COVID's fault, a disease created by unvaccinated Trump voters and not, we want to be clear about this, not created by his family's longtime patrons in the government of China. They had nothing to do with it. You did it. In any case, the solution, Biden explained, is more testing and more shots. That's why he plans to send a COVID test to every American household and force every last holdout to get the vax. When people, the hospitalizations are, are, are overrunning hospitals and you have docs and nurses out because of COVID, they have COVID. We put thousands of people back in, in those hospitals. Look at all the, marine, all the military personnel we have there, first responders. Nobody is ever organized. Nobody is ever organized a strategic operation to get as many shots and arms by opening clinics and keeping and being able to get so many people vaccinated. What I'm doing now is not just getting significant amounts of, of vaccines to the rest of the world, but they now need the mechanical way is how they get shots and arms. So we're providing them to know how to do that. How many prepositions were slaughtered in those paragraphs you just heard? We lost count. But here's the headline, and you've never heard a president brag about this. We put soldiers in the hospitals, Biden said. That's a win. So next time you get a prostate exam, rest easy. Men with guns are there. There's no reason to be afraid. But Biden's not stopping with that accomplishment. There's more to do. Joe Biden's next goal is to vaccinate all 8 billion people in the world by force if necessary. And of course, we may need soldiers for that too. I would hope that what happens is the rest of the world does what I'm doing and provides significant amounts of the vaccine to the rest of the world because it's not sufficient that we just have this country not have the virus or be able to control the virus, but that we can't build a wall high enough to keep a new variant out. So it requires one of the things that I want to do and we're, we're contemplating figuring out how to do, not we are contemplating how to get done. And that is how do we move in a direction where the world itself is vaccinated? The whole world, those damn Africans better start taking the shots because walls don't work. You build a bigger wall, they just build a bigger virus. That's what the president said. Pretty insightful, as Tucker Carlson most often is, looking at something objectively and he gets a little, um, you know, laughing, ha, 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 ha. But he's on target with the content of what he said. And, of course, you can't argue with what you hear. What we hear and what we heard from Joe Biden just proves there's not a lot of there there. I think you've got to admit that. La around this time last year when you were campaigning in Georgia, I think one of the things you told people was the power is literally in your hands, you know, if, if if voters give Democrats the House and the Senate and, and the presidency, that 
all these big things can get accomplished. And you know, we've seen stalemate, we've seen things being stymied. Um, why should folks believe you this time around? Can you think of any other president's done as much in one year? Name one for me. I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm serious. You guys talk about how nothing's happened. I don't think there's been much on any incoming president's plate that's been a bigger menu than the plate I had given to me. I'm not complaining. Knew that running in. And the fact of the matter is we got an awful lot done. An awful lot done. And there's more to get done. But look, let's, let me ask a rhetorical question. No, I won't. Anyway. No. Anyway, he forgot the rhetorical question that he was about to ask. But don't you dare question the cognitive abilities of this president. Because if you do, I mean, you're a Republican. And if you're a Republican, you're a white supremacist. And if you're a white supremacist, you're stupid. You're not worthy of living here. Listen, folks, I listened to the entire press conference. I listened to not just his speeches or his speech, but I I listened to the questions that were asked by those in the room, and I listened to his answers. And the two just didn't jibe more than half of the time. But one universal thing kept coming out again and again and again and again. He thinks he's doing a good job. He thinks what we're going through is not only okay, he says it again and again. Do you know of any other president that has done as much as I've done in their first year? And i got to be honest with you, looking back over my shoulder in my lifetime, I don't remember a president that has. But here's the thing Joe's leaving out. Joe honestly thinks he's doing a good job and he's done a great job for the first year. Facts don't align with that. Truth doesn't align with that. We're living in a world that is worse than it was on January 20th a year ago when he took office. One year today. It seems like it's just flown by, right? No, it doesn't to me. It seems like it's dragged by and every day I'm looking for another bad occurrence, another piece of craziness that I couldn't even believe could happen coming out of this administration. But we've got to get on top of all of that. We can't let our thinking through everything going on put us in a coma, put us in desperate straits where we just go off the edge mentally and emotionally. We can't do that, folks. We've got to find our stable beginning, our foundation. We've got to go back to that. And folks, if you're listening I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure we have some kids listening with mom or dad. But on the most part, people listening are adults. You're listening to this. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle what Joe Biden has put into your life this past year? Well, you're handling it. Somehow, someway, you're handling it already. This is not something to fret about because you've lived through this year. We all have. Living through the bad things that have happened as a result of what Joe Biden has done. And he's done a lot, folks. Yeah, Mr. President, I know you've done a lot. Probably have done more than any other president, but almost everything you've done, I can't think of a single good thing he's done, folks. Not 
One. Former Department of Defense Secretary Bob Gates, years ago, he said this about Joe Biden while Joe Biden was still a senator. This is before he became vice president under Barack Obama. Bob Gates says that every foreign policy decision Joe Biden has ever made in his lifetime has been wrong, every single one. I look at his domestic stuff, folks. I think this past year, every decision he's made has been wrong. Normally, these presidents that get elected and they go to office, they've got some people in their camp that are going to help them through this. Why hasn't anybody in Joe Biden's camp stepped up to get him out of some of these messes he's made for himself and subsequently for you and I? That's a question that's got to be answered, folks. We've got to answer that question. What's really going on? What are we missing? And folks, I promise you, we are missing something. Why? Well, almost half of Democrat voters, 48%. They think, listen to what those people believe. Half of the members of the Democrat Party think the government should be able to fine or imprison people who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines on social media, on television, radio, or in online or digital publications. Half of them think you should be put in jail. Now, what I just gave you, that 48% thing, that's not the most astonishing thing that comes out of a poll just released by Rasmussen. So let me go through a couple of points. Nearly the same percentage of Democrat voters, 47%, think the government should be able to put a tracking system like an ankle monitor or a locked collar. That's in the poll, folks. A locked collar. Around your neck, a collar that you can't take off. Put that on people who refuse the vaccine. 45% favor putting the unvaxxed in camps, internment camps. More than half of Democrat voters, 55%, think people who refuse the vaccination should be fined. 59% favor confining all unvaccinated people to their homes. More than a quarter of Democrat voters, 29%, think the government should be able to confiscate the children of parents who refused vaccination. This is going on while we're living in the United States of America, the freest nation in world history. Well, we used to be. Is any of this Nazi stuff enough for you? Because that's what it is. They, they, talk about fascism and fascist. They pointed to Donald Trump. He wants to be a dictator. Trump didn't do any of this kind of stuff. And didn't even try it, didn't even talk about it. In fact, he talked about exactly the opposite. You're living next door today, folks, to people who would have turned you over to the comedy salute public for opposing the law of suspects, the law that authorized the arrest of all suspected enemies of the revolution 
and ushered in the reign of terror in Europe. You're living next door to the people who would have turned you over to the NKVD for moral sabotage of the Soviet Union. You're living next door today to people who would have called up the Gestapo and said, my neighbor is hiding a Jew. Now examine these historical personages from revolutionary France, Soviet Russia, Nazi Germany. It's not just that they were following orders, folks. On the contrary, they thought they were doing a positive good for society. They were eager to help rid their communities of these dangerous elements, these people that think they have the right to think for themselves and do for themselves. They were proud of what they did. Some of your Democrat neighbors will be proud to lock you up, put a tracking collar on you, take away your kids, doing it all for the public good. These are people who would murder you for the public good. Yeah, they're out there, folks. They are out there. I have some in my family that are that rabid. This is the inevitable result of raising up generations of Americans with no fundamental attachment to freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of action, freedom of conscience. Example, our public schools. Our public schools told us these things were ubiquitous and natural. So there was nothing special about America having them, freedom of speech, freedom of action, freedom of conscience. There was nothing special about anyone that has those things. And because leftists don't think just how hard our ancestors had to fight for these unique and historically unprecedented rights, they're not shocked or even sad to even think about them being taken away. In fact, they think that's what should happen. Your neighbors think your attachment to these rights is exactly what makes you dangerous and a threat. Well, not just a threat. Let's just do it what the talking phrase is now for the left every time somebody gets a microphone. Dangerous to our democracy. My high school down in Franklin, Louisiana, taught a unit on the German excuse for World War II. This was the excuse that was designed by Hitler's architect and minister of war armaments, Albert Speer, at the Nuremberg trials. Speer thought that only one thing could save the German people from being tarred for all history with their irredeemable and totally enveloping sin. The leader would have to take the fault entirely on themselves and say, our people didn't know what they were doing. They were just following orders. Put that in the perspective of your life. That excuse has worked pretty well. Our high school teachers will discuss this and ask us if we think that following orders is a legitimate excuse for doing evil. They don't see how this has reframed the entire question. The question is not whether following orders is a good excuse. The question, which we no longer ask, is whether following orders was actually the motivation for what is being done. Because, of course, it's not. Nazis weren't just ordered to be Nazis. French collaborators weren't just ordered to collaborate. Chinese students of the Cultural Revolution 
weren't just ordered to murder their teachers in ways too ugly to even describe. These people relished what they did. And such was the purity of their commitment that they were willing to turn against friends and even family. Indeed, destroying something you love for the sake of the revolution. That's the highest proof there can be of how good you are, how honest you are, how enlightened you are. Your Democrat neighbors won't be ordered to vote for laws that ostracize you from society, steal your property, or send you away to a concentration camp. How are they going to do it? They're going to do it burning with pride and even with righteous indignation against you for forcing them to have to go to these extremes. We wanted you. We loved you. We wanted you to be part of our group. But when you said, I'm not going to get a vaccination, you became the enemy. They've already done it in New Zealand, in Australia, and even in Canada, places our schools taught were identical to America in terms of our rights and our freedoms. This is one reason why Americans cling to their guns. Private gun rights have nothing to do with hunting, folks. (laughs) It really doesn't. I'm a gun owner. I'm a registered gun owner. I'm a concealed carry owner. It does have something to do with self-defense against a common criminal, but the big reason we cling to our guns is so that when our neighbors show up and say, We're going to take you to the camps now because you're a danger to society. We can look back at them and say, like hell, you will. Let's wrap this up. Nope. No Jewish people, or even German citizens for that matter, gave even a thought that Hitler's jackboot thugs would ever round up Jewish people that live with them round them up to send them to concentration camps to be summarily eliminated. No no people knew that. No Jewish people, German people didn't think that. That could never happen in Germany until it happened. No one thought that egregious totalitarian government lockdowns that virtually stopped everything in this nation from functioning as normal would ever happen until it did. Nobody thought that our grocery stores would sustain massive shortages or distributors of thousands of different items used by Americans would ever dry up and create serious lack of essentials for Americans. Nobody thought that would happen till it did. No Japanese immigrant who settled in California felt that during the beginnings of World War II, it was even possible that being thrown into internment camps by the U.S. government could ever happen. Thousands found out it really can happen. They found that out when it did happen. No Aussie, nobody from Australia thought it possible that their police, on the order of their government, would lock citizens of their country in their homes because of a virus until it did. And a little caveat here. This good news was published yesterday. Nearly half of Democrat voters would back measures requiring that the unvaccinated live temporarily 
in designated facilities or locations for what purpose? Why? For refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. A national telephone and online poll from the Heartland Institute in Rasmussen surveyed 1,016 likely U.S. voters found that 45% of likely Democrat voters would support such measures if taken against unvaccinated Americans. Don't be tempted to ever say, nothing like these things will ever happen to me. Nothing like these things will ever happen here. Because it's happening around the world right now in countries that we thought the same thing Canada, Australia, these things, they're not going to happen there. They're free countries. Well, we are too. It would be prudent for all of us to stay wide awake, watching closely the actions of this government and question every action it takes. They're coming to take us away. You remember that little old song, that funny song? Well, it ain't funny anymore. And let's pray, let's hope, and let's do everything we can to make sure none of that becomes a reality for us. But don't ever say that can't happen in the United States. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The I'm crazy hungry, so she's got to be too. Slide through the Mickey D's drive-thru to get a Big Mac. Right after I order her quarter pounder with cheese, because I don't know everything, but I do know what my girl's feeling hangry meal. Get it at McDonald's when you buy one of your faves, like the Big Mac, quarter pounder with cheese, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or filet of fish and get another for just a dollar. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid on item of equal or lesser value. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Deal with the experts. Scaffolding rental and setup. Installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Fall protection. Ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders. Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Delivery everywhere, every day. American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans as the claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmers Truck or Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Everyone thinks they can handle the truth, but the want and the will are two different things. Truthnewsnet.org. Once again, Dan Newman. Once again, there are some words of wisdom from 
Pete Moss, Handling the Truth. Why don't we do this? Let's just take this next five, six, seven, eight minutes and let's look back objectively. Look at Joe Biden's first year in office. January, Joe Biden's radical first week. A year ago, folks, on his very first day in office, President Biden signed a list of a bunch of left-wing executive orders, including an order that requires schools must ignore the biological differences between boys and girls from the athletic field, the bathroom, if they wish to continue receiving federal funding. Yeah, follow the money, right? In his first week, Jen Psaki also signaled their plans to reinstate federal funding for abortions around the world, not just here, by their reversal of the Mexico City policy, and the new president canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. Don't forget about that. As Tristan Justice reported at the time, Biden's first 48 hours in office launched the new administration with 17 executive orders, more than were issued in the first month of the presidencies by Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George Bush, and Bill Clinton. Combined. Combined. February. Biden's CDC worked to keep schools closed. You remember that? The CDC announced strict reopening guidelines that would keep a lot of schools around the country just shut down. Only K-12 schools in cities and areas with low or moderate virus transmission can fully reopen for in-person learning as long as physical distancing and mask wearing is enforced. That's what they told us. Any transmission rate beyond what is designated as moderate requires hybrid learning or reduced attendance, limiting which children are allowed in the classroom at the same time. On that very same day, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky admitted that far-left teachers' unions that have worked to keep students out of school over the course of the COVID pandemic, they had influence. That's all she would call it, influence when the CDC created its school reopening guidelines. The month of March. The Biden White House spent the month of March plotting with big corporations to develop a vaccine passport system. Why? To force Americans to show their COVID papers in order to participate fully in society. Quote, the passports are expected to be free and available through applications for smartphones, which could display a scannable code similar to an airline boarding pass. The month of April. At the end of April, Biden announced his American Families Plan. Remember that? A list of a bunch of far-left spending priorities. Many would become hallmarks of his struggling build back bankrupt agenda that failed miserably yesterday in the Senate. Thank Jesus it did. The goals of the proposed $1.8 trillion spending spree included extending government schoolie fully into preschool in two years of taxpayer-provided community college. All on your back, all at your expense. May. Scandal follows Biden's trouble son Hunter around the world. As we all learned when the New York Post published 
that damning information recovered from Hunter's laptop that Hunter accidentally left at a repair store in late 2020. Further revelations about Hunter's stuff that he was involved in came out in May of last year, adding to the pile of unsavory behavior that may implicate the president himself because he has been implicated on that laptop. New emails from his laptop published on May 26 show that Joe Biden met with Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business associates of Hunter's at a dinner in Washington while he was vice president April of 2015. Dear Hunter, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your dad and spend some time together. That was written by Executive Vadim Porzovsky of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, where Hunter Biden, no experience at all in the oil and gas industry, sitting on the board of directors of an Ukrainian energy company, Burisma. Other emails that were published showed that Hunter bragged he, quote, smoked crack with former D.C. Mayor Marin Berry when he was a student at Georgetown University, month of June. Yeah, folks, we're going to do 12. We've got 12 months. These are 12 big boo-boos of Joe Biden his first year. The crisis at the southern border. Hey, let's hit pause button for just a second. Southern border. Uh, the White House press corps. Uh, Joe Biden's second press conference as president. And they got to ask him questions. There are a lot of people, especially people down in the southern part of the United States that share the border with Mexico, would tell you the number one problem in this presidency is at the southern border. Did you hear any questions asked about the southern border? Not a one. Not a one. The southern border crisis set records all year. But it was in June that apprehension surged past 1 million for fiscal year 21. Border crossings were at the highest level since 06. In just one month, the month of May, 170,000 people were captured, and that was a 20-year high. June saw the border state of Texas declare an emergency over Biden's border crisis. Not theirs, but it really has become theirs, and Biden disowns it. He doesn't have anything to do with it. He caused it in large part. He caused it in large part by his reversing of Trump-era stances like the Remain in Mexico policy. So as the crisis just raged all year long, Biden's border czar, Vice President Kamala Harris, she couldn't be bothered to actually go to the U.S.-Mexico border, snapping, I haven't been to Europe either, when reporters pressed her about it. She finally caved and took a trip, but only after Donald Trump announced his plans to visit. July, the Biden administration bragged about colluding with big tech to shut down perspectives with which the regime disagreed. Little Soviet style. In a press briefing July 15th, Saki touted their policy of flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread 
disinformation. A few days later, she admitted there was nothing off the table in the effort to smear dissent as misinformation and have it removed from social media. Folks, that's First Amendment violation, period. I don't care how you try to phrase it or couch it. It's a violation of the First Amendment. August, oh my gosh, may be his worst month, i got to be honest with you. Largest, large-scale disaster on Biden's watch so far, the withdrawal of American military and Americans and our government out of Afghanistan that left 13 dead service members, thousands of American citizens and allies stranded because the Taliban took over the nation. And we know there are a bunch of Americans that are still there one year later. From the administration's decision to vacate Bagram Air Base before they left Americans from the country to leaving weapons and equipment to fall into the hands of the Taliban, to Biden taking an out-of-touch, hollow victory lap after the service members' deaths, and while Americans remain stranded to the administration's ongoing decision to ignore the allies still behind enemy lines, every action taken by the Biden team was a disaster. In the same month, the administration carried out a drone strike. Remember this one? They targeted, they said, at ISIS operatives that actually killed at least 10 civilians. Seven were children. No ISIS operatives were killed. Americans won't soon forget the images of those desperate Afghani people trampling each other in the chaotic race to the Kabul airport or of people clinging to aircraft landing gear and falling helplessly from the sky, or of a lone helicopter leaving the roof of the American embassy. There's blood on Biden's hands, and our allies, folks, aren't going to forget it. September, after a picture of Border Patrol agents on horseback was misconstrued by Democrats and their media allies, to falsely accuse those agents of whipping criminals. Biden promised to make his own Border Patrol employees pay, and the White House banned agents in Del Rio from using horses going forward. It was horrible to see, to see people treated like they were treated, horses running over them, people being strapped. It's outrageous. That's a quote from the president, even though the photographer who took the picture insisted I never saw him whip anybody. October, September 29th, remember this? The National School Boards Association sent a letter to Joe asking him to use the FBI and even other federal law enforcement folks to target parents that use and use uh, terrorism laws. A few days later, October 4th, Attorney General Merrick Garland directed the FBI and federal attorneys to investigate and address, quote, a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. As it turns out, though, Biden's very own education secretary, Miguel Cardona, he secretly requested that letter from the National School Board presumably to use as a pretense for the administration's push to target parents 
who are unhappy with public schools' closures, their mask mandates, and extremist LGBT and critical race theory curricula. November, here we go, OSHA's vax mandate. In September, a threatening press release about a vaccine mandate for private business with 100 or more employees came out in September. Biden's OSHA administration released an emergency standard on November 4th that required businesses to comply by January 4th or incur fines of up to 14000 per violation. Supreme Court, thankfully, shut it down last week. And the Biden administration knew it was flagrantly unconstitutional from, from the very beginning. But they exploited the delays of the judicial system. They did. They knew it would end up at the Supreme Court and that it would take months to get there. That allowed the administration to bully many corporations into compliance anyway. People I know were saying, look, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I'm just going to go ahead and get the vaccination. I don't want to. Millions said that very thing and complied. Never mind the fact that the Biden administration had promised during the campaign, Joe himself, Jen Psaki, and everybody in his organization said they would never mandate COVID vaccines. December. December saw the climax (laughs) so far of Biden's joint inflation and supply chain crisis caused by the administration's radical spending and Democrats' COVID lockdowns. As Americans faced shortages and shipping delays during Christmas, the Department of Labor released its November numbers revealing 6.8% year-to-year inflation, or the largest 12-month increase since the period ending in 1982. And December's inflation rates were even higher. 7%. I'll give you one bonus. As we say in South Louisiana, lanyap, something you get extra that you don't pay for. January. And we're just 10 10 days from being out of January, but we've still got 10 days to go. And 10 days is like a lifetime with the Biden administration. Back on January 11th, in a speech urging the Senate to ditch filibuster rules so he could pass his radical and they're also unconstitution federalization of election laws, Biden compared his agenda's critics, which include Democrat Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, to former Alabama Governor George Wallace, Confederate leader Jefferson Davis. They were both flaming racist. Do you want to be the side of Dr. King or George Wallace, the president asked. Do you want to be the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis, he said. Comparing his critics to notorious and obviously flagrant segregationists isn't a good way to start year two of the Biden administration, you think? Who knows what New scandals and embarrassments await the Biden administration this year. For the sake of the country, let's hope there are fewer than there were last year. But it's clear 
Joe Biden has a failed track record. It's failed. Period. Only one year in. We've got three freaking more years of this chaos that I just can't get my brain wrapped around. I don't know about you. Meanwhile, folks, across the pond, where would that be? Well, it could be Europe. It could be Australia. Meanwhile, across the pond, guess what's happened in the UK? I'm not going to tell you right now, but let me just say this. They tell us, our government tells us all the time regarding everything to do with COVID-19. Got to watch Europe. Got to watch Europe. See what happens there. See how they handle it. And we've got to watch them and make sure we don't make the same mistakes that they do. Well, there's some big news coming out of Europe this morning. Really big news. You don't want to miss this. Back with that right after this at TNN Live. Not just political, not just lifestyle, but always relevant. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. As politics grow ever more chaotic, remember this truth. When you're taking heavy flack, it usually means you're over the target. Open the Bombay doors. Truthnewsnet.org. Your pilot on this mission, Dan Newman. Yep, we're over the target. We've got it in our sights. We're going after it, but we're just not getting the help of our presidential administration like we need. You know, something that uh, Tucker Carlson hadn't gotten to. We just played a little bit of his intro of his show last night. But something he didn't get into was the divisiveness of Joe Biden. I remember the few times that he spoke to the American people when he was campaigning for the presidency back in 2019-2020. I remember him always pounding into the heads of everybody that was listening. I'm going to be the uniter of this nation. I don't want to be the president of Democrats in America. 
I'm going to be the president of all Americans. I'm going to unite us. My predecessor was the divider-in-chief. I'm going to be the uniter-in-chief. And from day one, folks, the exact opposite has proved to be true. Honestly, this is a guy that's been in the U.S. government, the U.S. Senate, for about 40 years or a little more. Eight years as vice president. He kind of knows the gig. Wouldn't you think? He knows where all the moving parts are and how to manipulate and how to get things done and all that. Those are good things. That happens. I mean, when you do anything new, you don't understand everything there is about it before you get into it. And as you move into it, and especially after you spend years and years and years doing it, you get pretty darn good at doing it. And I think that's part of the problem in Washington. People go to Congress. They go there. On one side of the Congress, they serve for two years. On the other side, they serve for six. When our forefathers structured it all, the reason that members of the House of Representatives only serve two is they set it that way. Why is that, Dan? Well, what they did, what our forefathers did, they wanted the House of Representatives to directly represent the people of the United States. And the 435 representatives of those people would be taken from the populace, average Americans that lived in these communities, these cities and towns around the nation. They would be the best to know and understand the needs of their particular people. They would go to Washington for two years. Most of the time they left their jobs, left their families, and they made a two-year sacrifice to go up there and do the work of the people from where they lived. On the Senate side, it was six years. Why? Because those were originally, folks, senators, were not elected. They were appointed by the governors of the 50 states. Wasn't 50 states then, but every state at the time. What's the purpose for that? Well, they wanted the local and state governments to have input into the government of the nation and wanted the governors of these states, governors are all elected, to be the ones that would appoint these two senators from each state. Well, why did that no longer happen? What changed? Well, through the years of looking and working in Congress, those senators looked across the aisle at the members of the House of Representatives that were campaigning to get voted to come back in and serve another term in the House of Representatives. And there was something that about campaigning caught their attention and they really, really liked. You campaign, you ask people to donate money. <laughs> Follow the money. So they changed it. Who changes all that? Well, Congress changes that. And they did. So the whole thing was the members of the House of Representatives directly served the people. And this government is unique. It's the most unique structure of any government in world history as far as we can find. But it's worked pretty darn well for about 260 years. But folks, we're living in an era where our government doesn't necessarily listen to the people and do the people's bidding. We're a long way away from being what it was like when they founded the nation, when they put our government together. 
Just pointing that out. You need to keep that in mind. It's not as they made it to be when this was created back in the 1700s. It's not. And in fact, you want to make it worse? Many of our forefathers warned us against this, saying what is happening now would happen if we let the federal government garner too much power. So here we are today. Where are you in this COVID-19 mess? Where is your member of the United States House of Representatives and your state senators? Have you spoken or reached out to them? Have you expressed to them your feelings of disagreement or things that you question to get answers? I recommend you do that. Make sure they know that you give a rip. I think that's an important thing for all of us to do. I do it. And sometimes when I talk to my member of the House of Representatives, we don't see eye to eye on a few things. But I respect him. He respects me. And I know I'm just one vote. But folks, if everybody says that in every congressional district, I'm just one vote, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If we want things to change in specificity, I mean, exactly what we want, and here's the way it is, we want it to be exactly this way. The only way to get there is for something to change. Who changes it? They do. But they listen to us, or they're supposed to. But when we get so busy and caught up in what we have on our plate and don't communicate with them, what are they going to feel? What are they going to think? Well, they just really don't care about this. They'll just go along and do what they want. That's how we've gotten to where we are. And this COVID business, from the very beginning, there are a lot of people that are similar to me in the fact that at the very beginning, something just didn't smell right. It just didn't seem like all of this just, bam, came up at one time out of the sky. It just seemed to be too coordinated. It was almost like every 10 days, some new egregious COVID-19, quote-unquote, discovery would occur. And the spokesperson for the COVID gods, Anthony Fauci, would get up and tell us, hey, 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 got some news. You may not like this, but this is factual. This is what's happening. This is why, and here's what we've got to do. And you better do what I tell you you got to do or you're going to die. And it's everything. I won't even go into that, but I mean mask, social distancing, uh, lockdowns, vaccines, how good, how effective, how ineffective the vaccines are, and then this growing groundswell of totalitarian, we need to segregate. We need to keep vaccinated people separate from unvaccinated people. We need to send them away. That all wasn't just popping up, folks. It evolved over the last two years. Well, guess what's happening across the pond? Remember now, things were much worse percentage-wise in England than they've been here. Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister, yesterday announced restrictions that include COVID-19 passes, mask mandates, work-from-home guidance, are done. 
They're done, folks. He's canceling it all. He also suggested that self-isolation rules may also be thrown out at the end of March. Effective immediately, the UK government is no longer asking people to work from home. The COVID pass mandate for nightclubs and large events won't be renewed when it expires at the end of this week. Also, from January 27th, indoor mask wearing will no longer be compulsory anywhere in the country. The requirement for secondary school pupils to wear masks during class and in communal areas is canceled, effective today. The UK Department for Education is expected to update its national guidance Health Secretary Saheed Jaheed will also announce plans to ease restrictions on care home visits. Roaring cheers from lawmakers could be heard in the House of Commons in London following Boris Johnson's announcements on masks. So, Dan, what are they going to do about, you know, those evil people that get COVID-19 because they don't wear masks and they don't want to stay home and they just go out and have a good time. What are we going to do with them? Well, in England, people who test positive and their unvaccinated contacts are still required to self-isolate. But Johnson said he very much expects that not to renew. As COVID becomes endemic, we will need to replace legal requirements with advice and guidance, urging people with the virus to be careful and considerate of others. Asked to remove testing rules for vaxxed UK-bound travelers, Johnson said, the government is looking at the testing arrangements on travel and that they're going to make an announcement in the next few days. But he refused to reconsider the vax mandate for those frontline healthcare workers saying, quote, the evidence is clear that healthcare professionals should get vaccinated. Of course, he didn't reference any of the clear evidence that he claimed he had. Johnson told people that the cabinet decided to remove its so-called Plan B measures yesterday morning, as data suggests the Omicron wave has peaked nationally, and he attributed stabilizing hospital admission numbers to the extraordinary booster campaign and the public's compliance to their restriction measures. Let me ask you this. Look around your nation. Look around your part of the world. Look at what's happened in your world. Do you think you've been compliant with what our government has told us to do and not to do during our pandemic? Do you feel that way? Do you ever get just angry at what you feel or unfair and probably unconstitutional reaches into your life by our government regarding your personal health care. Don't you think that everybody around the world in countries that have really taken charge of this whole process, a lot of people feel the same way. Let me just tell you this. It's a lot worse elsewhere. You know what is interesting is our mainstream media just totally do not cover the way the citizens of countries in Europe and Australia, how those people have pushed back and responded against their government and their egregious requirements and mandates. But folks, there's violence every day. There has been for months 
in France, in Austria, in Germany, and in Australia, it's the worst of any place on the planet Earth. Australia's government just became fascist and they're junior Hitlers over there. I mean, literally, folks, putting people in jail for just going outside. I'm serious. Thousands, tens of thousands getting into conflict on the streets with the Australian police because those citizens are pushing back against some of the stuff that we've been experiencing here in the U.S. It's interesting to me, our mainstream media doesn't cover any of that because they don't want Americans to know that. Why? Probably because they're getting a little message from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Hey, you can't talk about this. Our people will get ideas. We don't want that to happen. We need to keep them in line. Seriously. And it's not just England that's making this. Listen to this. The new Czechoslovakia government yesterday, they threw out their previous plan to mandate vaccines for people that are over 60 and people that are in key professions. In the former government, they got a brand new one. Older adults, healthcare workers, firefighters, cops, medical students would have been required to be vaccinated, effective March. But Prime Minister Peter Fiala scrapped his predecessor's decree, which was issued in early December. He told reporters yesterday his new center-right government did not see the need for mandatory vaccination. We've agreed, he said, that vaccination against COVID won't be mandatory. This does not change our stance on vaccination, however. It is still undoubtedly the best way to fight COVID-19. However, we do not want to deepen fissures in society. Opponents of a vaccine mandate there, it states a bunch of protests in Prague and elsewhere across the country, and those too got violent at times. Opponents of a vaccine-mandated state several protests in Prague and elsewhere across the country. So far, 63% of Czechs are considered to be fully vaccinated. Now, that is below the European Union average. That's according to European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. About 3.4 million in the nation of 10.5 also have received a booster shot. Fialo said about 90% of people who would have been covered by the mandate have already gotten vaccines. Now, this new government decision came as the Republic is facing a surge of COVID-19 infections largely fueled by Omicron. The seven-day infection rate was 950 new cases per 100,000 residents on Tuesday compared to 700 99 a day earlier. What is this stuff? What did what I just give you from England and from Czechoslovakia, what does that, how does that sit in your contemplation in comparison to what's happening here? It doesn't jibe, folks. It doesn't jibe. We're supposed to be better than they. We're supposed to be freer than they. Both of those countries are socialist nations where the government basically controls everything. Yeah, the people have voices, but it's just opinions. The people don't have the ability to change the outcomes in most respects of pretty much everything in Europe. Different countries slightly differ from that. We live here. 
where we've been told, I was told when I was, I remember going to second grade. I remember first grade, but I don't remember a lot of the details of first grade. But I remember going to Miss Hauser's class at L.J. Alamon Elementary in Lafayette, Louisiana. I remember talking about the freedom in this country as compared to other countries. Learning what the structure of our government is to be by the people, of the people, and for the people. I remember that explicitly. We were taught that. It looks nothing like that now. Oh, yeah, they'll tell you, oh, y'all are free. But then in the next sentence, they'll tell you, but, but, don't you dare push back against us. You know, we're the bosses. Forget about the fact that we tested the Constitution of the United States, and we knew what we were doing was unconstitutional, but we went ahead and did it, knowing the Supreme Court would more than likely overturn it because we wanted to force people to get vaccinated. We want everybody vaccinated. Have you ever, I'm not going to go deep into this, but have you ever asked yourself why they're that adamant on everybody being vaccinated, especially when more people today in the United States of America that are in hospitals at the hands of COVID-19 are vaccinated. They're not telling you that. They're not telling us that. They're not reporting that. You could go to the CDC website, look at the numbers. They're there. So if you confront Dr. Fauci or Dr. Walensky at the CDC or Fauci at the NIAID, and say, why don't you tell us this? Why are you pushing this other stuff so hard when here are the facts? You know what their getaway is? Well, it's published on the CDC website. We're not hiding anything from you. Big government is big government, folks. And it's not just London. It's not just England in the, Czech, the Czechoslovakia, the World Health Organization came out yesterday. Listen to this. There's no evidence right now, no evidence at all that healthy children or healthy adolescents need boosters. No evidence at all. The government of the U.S., Israel, Germany, Hungary recently began offering boosters of coronavirus vaccines to children and adolescents. A booster is an additional dose of a vaccine that a person receives after he or she has already completed their inoculation. Israel has begun offering boosters to kids as young as 12. The U.S. State Food and Drug Administration authorized the use of a third dose of the Pfizer and BioNTech COVID-19 vax for children ages 12 to 15. Last week, Germany became the latest country to recommend that all kids between 12 and 17 get a booster shot. Hungary has also done so. So these organizations, these governments in other countries, yeah, they're still way out there on the left, but they're not nearly as far out there on the left as is the Biden administration. Why is that? Nobody asked Joe Biden about that yesterday. Nobody asked him about the horrors at the southern border. It was almost like uh, it was almost like it was scripted. Several of the newsmen and women that were called on to answer questions, remember he was calling out people's names. 
they knew they were going to be called on and probably were told, here's what you, if you want to be called on in the press conference, you've got to agree to ask these questions and maybe gave them a list and say, it's got to be from that or you're not going to get called on. That's happening, folks. That's happening in the United States of America. Our president did that on international television yesterday. And I got another bomb for you. And this one comes from Rochelle Zelensky, director of the CDC. Natural immunity from prior infection grants stronger levels of protection against the Delta variant, the big bad Delta, the one that killed so many people. Natural immunity from prior infection granted stronger levels of protection against the Delta variant of COVID than vaccinations. That was released yesterday by the CDC. So before Delta became the dominant strain, people who had natural immunity were experiencing higher case rates than individuals who were just vaccinated. But after Delta took hold, those with natural immunity caught COVID-19 less frequently than those who were only vaccinated. The study examined four different categories of folks. One, unvaccinated and vaccinated who survived a previous COVID-19 infection, unvaccinated and vaccinated who had never been infected in California and New York between May and November of last year. The highest case rates were among those who had neither been vaccinated or previously infected. The most protection against infection and hospitalization was in those who had both been vaccinated and survived an earlier bout with the virus. CDC cautioned that the data in question only measured results against the Delta variant and that Omicron may present new challenges that alter the calculus of natural immunity versus vaccination. Biden administration, officials and some other public health experts have constantly downplayed the effectiveness and the reality in some cases. Fauci, I mean, he was the one in the very beginning. Remember the term herd immunity, herd immunity? He used that for months beginning in February of 2020. We've got to reach herd immunity. Well, what's herd immunity, Dr. Fauci? And that's when enough people in a populace have been infected with whatever it is and their natural immunity, the antibodies that their body produces, finds ways in nature to stop the disease, the virus, bacteria, whatever it is, without having to do anything. Fauci was himself the one that brought that to the minds of all of us. I didn't know what it was before I heard him tout it. And then when we started seeing it happen, even in unvaccinated people, which I are one of those, and I are one of those who has, because of my natural immunity, not contracted COVID-19. How do you know that, Dan? God created nature. Man cannot manipulate nature. Man cannot manipulate our climate. When are these sycophants 
that are our leaders, when are they going to recognize the facts of that? Oh, by the way, it's happening in England. It's happening in Czechoslovakia. (laughs) But not here. They have constantly, Joe Biden himself, Anthony Fauci, downplayed natural immunity as being effective against COVID-19. But this study that was published yesterday, you can go to the CDC website, see it for yourself. It's just the latest to show that recovery from prior infection can at least rival, if not surpass. It doesn't say it does surpass natural immunity. Most research has shown that for maximum protection against reinfection or severe illness, you might want to think about getting vaccinated. Many legacy media outlets did cover the study, but they minimized the finding that natural immunity outperformed vaccines and emphasizing that a combination of both provided the best protection. Headlines from New York Times, Associated Press, CNN, and others claim that vaccination offers the best or safest protection according to the study. That's not the case. It's unclear. Government. Government. And the insanity. It just if you get down if you get you know, we fly over. You know, you hear me talk every once in a while about the thirty thousand foot level, the ten thousand foot level, the ground level. I'm talking about being up above just looking at things and then getting closer to learn and understand and know the facts about things. When you start looking at this government overreach that over, overreach that we're all experiencing and get it ground level, sometimes you, you hear things that are just absolutely ludicrous and scary. Medical regulators up in Maine have taken the nuclear option against one doctor. What'd she do? Well, her COVID-19 views and treatment protocols just don't fit the narrative. What did they do? They suspended her license and ordered her, in addition to taking her livelihood away from her, they ordered her, the government ordered her to undergo a neuropsychological evaluation. Hmm. So they call it misinformation. They call it disinformation. They make up names for it. This doctor's name is Meryl Nass. She was originally a biowarfare researcher. And their claim, and they use the term misinformation, they say hers is way outside the medical mainstream. Others have been repeated by mainstream scientists and even the CDC. Among the latter, which is the CDC and what they say, the risk of heart inflammation is higher after the second dose of a two-dose vaccine. COVID recovery provides broad and very durable long-term immunity, and it doesn't make scientific or medical sense for everybody to be vaccinated. Let me tell you something. Her bosses, per se, the medical professionals, the bureaucrats that control who gets licensed in Maine and who gets to keep theirs and who doesn't, If I was working for them, I feel the exact same way she does about that. 
but they suspended her license. The CDC's own guidance says that some people should not get certain vaccines or should wait before getting them. Now, it's not clear whether Maine's Board of Licensing is agreeing with the whole laundry list of misinformation allegations and complaints against her. Their executive director didn't respond when one news outlet decided to ask, what's going on there? I have asked multiple times for the specific misrepresentations, but they refused to make specific allegations, Dr. Nast said. The board just quoted parts of her interview with COVID contrarian osteopath Jovis Mercola, Dr. Mercola, and put the entire transcript into the record. Her claim, Dr. Nass's claim, that existing COVID vaccines don't work anymore against Omicron. Listen to this, folks. Pfizer's CEO, Pfizer Corporation, the BioNTech, the one that they told us was fully approved by the FDA. They touted that. The president touted it. It's not. It's still an emergency use authorization only status. Albert Borla, Pfizer CEO, said its own vaccine provides limited, if any, protection against Omicron. Her suspension letter doesn't mention the Omicron claim because the variant hadn't emerged yet, she said. When asked if it would add that claim to the misinformation list, no response. She's a buddy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is a vaccine skeptic. He has been for a long, 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 long time. That relationship puts a bigger target on her. She said she's one of the many medical professionals to face heat from state licensing boards for COVID claims and treatment primarily because she works with and regards highly Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The National Council of State Boards of Nursing and Federation of State Medical Boards have warned members in recent months they could face professional discipline and even lose their licenses for sharing purported COVID misinformation. Okay. Who determines what's the truth and what's not the truth about anything? Well, if you want to go all the way back, if you want real truth about pretty much everything, go to the Bible. But that's different. This is different. This is not something that's been laying out in the backyard for a bunch of years and somebody just decided, said, hey, there's that COVID thing out in the backyard. Let's go pick it up and see what it'll do. That's not the case. What's going on, folks, is nobody has the ultimate absolute facts about pretty much anything with COVID-19. Or if they do, they're purposely keeping it hidden, the information they have. I think that has to do with Anthony Fauci to some degree, don't you? But let's just keep pushing. They're using, they being the government, these councils, these state boards of licensing, they're using their power to not deal with what's best for the patients, the people that get sick in Maine from COVID-19. They're dealing with the political narratives and the ability and what they can accomplish by weaponizing the unknown for their own benefits. 
What are their benefits? Have no idea, but I can tell you this. There's probably not a single person that serves on a medical board of any state licensing association in the United States that doesn't feel some sense of power because they have authority over a bunch of really heavyweight Americans called doctors. I've been in sports my entire life. Some of you know that I owned an arena football team, actually two, one in northwest Louisiana, the Bossier Shreveport Battle Wings. The other was the New Orleans Voodoo of the Arena Football League, which means I had interactions all the time with officials, game officials. And it's kind of funny to a lot of people that know me, but in the Arena Football League, I was the chairman of the board of the league for several years. I was the most fined owner in the league because I could not stand when football officials couldn't even or didn't even make rulings based upon the rules of the league that our board of directors and coaches in our league established. And sometimes I'd go nuts. I always made them know how I felt. And sometimes that got me in Dutch. And I'll tell you this about a lot of officials in sports, all the way from Pee Wee League up to the National Football League, the NBA, the National Hockey League, and the Arena Football League. A lot of people get in that business because they want to have the power that comes with wearing those black and white shirts. I'm telling you, it's that way. Law enforcement, to some degree, and thankfully I think that degree is getting lesser and lesser, but a lot of people in law enforcement are people that want to get the, get the ability to be in charge, that they can do stuff and make people bid, uh, uh, agree with or act according to their bidding just because they have the power to do it. And I think this is happening today and what this Dr. Nass's experience right now is coming out of that. Seriously, I think they do. We're going to go back. We're going to Jinsaki. That means circle back. We're going to go back to uh, one final thought about Joe Biden's press conference yesterday or whatever came out of the press conference yesterday right after this. Hey, look, if I forget to tell you, Thank you so much for being here today and every day at TNN Live. Don't go away. It's good, folks. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. For the health and safety of our guests and team members, we're here for you. That means frequently deep cleaning our stores and wiping down carts and baskets after each use. Reserving dedicated shopping hours for our most vulnerable guests. Providing masks and gloves to our team members and offering contactless shopping options through the Target app, like drive-up and same-day delivery. We are here for you now more than ever, and your health and safety is our highest priority. Learn more at Target.com slash a bullseye view. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, the fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car, but when something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? 
Most likely, no. That's why I have Car Shield, and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. Car Shield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and Car Shield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit CarShield.com. Use the promo code IHEART to save 10%. That's CarShield.com, promo code IHEART. Deductible may apply. Wendy's famous 4 for 4 is heating up with a new spicy crispy chicken sandwich. The queen of spice is delivering that spicy chicken you love with lettuce and mayo between two deliciously soft buns. And yes, in classic 4 for 4 fashion, you can get all that spicy goodness with spicy or crispy nuggets, fries, and a drink to cool off, all for just 4 bucks. Is it getting hot in here? Or did Wendy's just deliver the hottest deal in fast food? We got you. Offer includes four-piece nuggets, junior frying, value drink. Price participation may vary. Before we get back to President Biden, I um, I just got word of something that uh, I think it's a pretty big deal. FBI agents were seen at the home in the campaign office of Representative Henry Cuellar, who's a Democrat from Texas, and you may know him, know that name, because he is a, he's a Democrat, but he's a frequent critic of President Biden. Photographs shared by local reporters show agents at his residence in Laredo, and they were removing bags, bins, and at least one computer. FBI agents also went to his campaign office. So in a statement released just a little bit ago, the FBI said the Bureau Quote, was present in Laredo conducting court-authorized law enforcement activity, adding that the FBI can't provide further comment on an ongoing investigation. We know about that. Congressman Cuellar will fully cooperate in any investigation. He's committed to ensuring that justice and the law are upheld, one of his spokespersons said. He's 66. He's represented Texas 28th Congressional District since 2005. The district includes land that touches the U.S.-Mexico border, by the way. And let me just say this. I know him personally. Henry Cuellar is a good guy. He's a really good guy. I have no idea. And he's a Democrat. I know I'm not supposed to say Democrats are good people, but he's a good guy. He's a moderate. At least he's been considered to be a moderate. And he has been a frequent critic of Biden's immigration enforcement policies and not enforcing his policies. Experts say have contributed to the explosion in illegal immigration recorded since Biden became president. I promise you this. He has been an outspoken critic of President Biden. And in the Democrat Party, you can't do that and go unpunished. I mean, come on now. We're talking about Joe Biden, the president of the United States, Sleepy Joe, Uncle Joe. He's the man. And he's done a great freaking job this year. If you don't think so, just ask him. Ask a bunch of Americans and you might get a different answer, which is what polling expert Lee Carter did after Joe's speech. Just in case you didn't know it, that was his 
first formal press conference in over 300 days. When Biden was pressed by Fox News' Steve Ducey's son, Peter, who was a White House correspondent for Fox News, when Biden was asked about his policies that are trending to the left, Biden responded by highlighting his efforts to combat COVID-19 and the successful bipartisan infrastructure bill. Hmm. When asked a polling group, a focus group, Democrats supported that message, but independents and Republicans both gave him an F. They said he seemed so out of touch. What he said is simply untrue. That's from Lee Carter. They're just simply not buying his message. He went on to say, Biden did, he hasn't been able to get Republicans to help improve things in the country for which Republicans and independents again gave him an F grade. The thing that floored me the most when I watched his press conference is when he said, what do Republicans want? And he paused, real pregnant pause. What do Republicans want? Give me an example of one thing that Republicans want. What do they want? And I mean, I had my hand raised the whole time. Mr. President, call on me, call on me. Let me tell you what they want. They want the supply chain fixed. They want our energy problem that you created solely by yourself. They want it fixed. They want our businesses open back up. They want the southern border closed. And oh, by the way, a simple thing. They want you to enforce federal law, all federal laws, whether you like them or not. That's not your call. Congress makes that call. If there's a law that needs to be deleted, a law that needs to be changed, that's what they do. Presidents can't do that. That's what Republicans want. And oh, by the way, they want some honesty by the person that sits in the White House. Those are some answers that I would have given him if I was sitting there, but Americans are pretty much on point, folks. They don't like (laughs) what the heck is going on. I hope you're having a good day, and I hope you're going to have, it. have it. the rest of it's going to be good. And we're going to reconvene right here, same spot, same time, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. We'll see you then, folks. Be well. Say goodbye to all your pain and sorrow. Say goodbye to all those lonely Say goodbye to all your blue tomorrows Now you're standing in the line I know sometimes you feel so helpless Sometimes you feel like you can't win Sometimes you feel so See you.